Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Times Square, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. My guest today, um, he's a director, he's an art designer, he's a creature maker. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, Mr. Sandy Colara. You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. How you doing, Sandy? I'm doing fantastic, man. Good. Um, a good day. Good, good. I um, hope you had a great holiday. I hope you had a good Christmas and all of that. Yes, sir. Okay, um, it's been reported that you left Brooklyn for Hollywood at the age of 17. Obviously, you knew pretty on early on you know, in life what you wanted to do with your life. Um, where did you find the confidence and determination at 17 to go out and search for your dream? Um, well, I was actually, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, by the time I was 17, we had moved to Staten Island uh, at, at that point, so I went to St. Peter's Boys High School um, on Staten Island, and I, I left, uh, yeah, when I graduated, I was 17, um, and I, I already had um, a portfolio of, of drawings and, and sculptures and stuff that I had done uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty confident, you know, coming out to California. Um, I, I was going to college. I was going to Cal State Northridge. Uh, I was in the industrial design program there, um, and I was interning at Stan Winston's at the same time. So um, you know, I got very lucky getting into Stan Winston's pretty early. I was pretty young. So, but yeah, I was I was I was pretty confident guy. I mean, I, you know, it's it's it, it, it's more bravado than confidence. It's definitely but uh, it, it, it was it was enough to get me where I needed to go. Oh, was it more scary or more exciting experience, like, or was it a blend of the two? It was a little bit of both, I'd have to say. Um, you know, I uh, you know, being Italian, uh, I'm I'm a you know, I come from a very close family, um, and I would have to say the biggest problem that I had was just missing uh, my mom and dad uh, and missing my brother. You know, I was out here uh, all along. I, uh, I didn't really have any family or, or, or friends to speak of, uh, and you know, when I was very young, so I had to make friends quick. And uh, but you know, that's what college is for. You make, make friends pretty easily. And you know, my roommate was a really cool guy who uh, taught me how to surf and stuff. So you know, we had a good time. It was uh, you know, there were some 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 hard times, and you know, like everything, there were also some good times and. You know, I, I have nothing good to say about about my early years at Stan Winston's and uh, you know Landmark Entertainment with Gary Goddard, Tony Christopher, and uh, you know later going on to work with Henry Alvarez and Rob Bottin, Steve Johnson, you know all those people. So I was very fortunate. Um, um, did you work a regular job till you started making connections, or did you already have that worked out? Like, how did it? I did actually work a. Uh, I, I believe it or not, I, I had uh, I had two regular jobs. Um, I worked um, uh, in a yogurt shop in a, in a, in a frozen yogurt shop two days a week uh, yeah. after school, uh, and then I used to lifeguard on the weekends. Uh, I'm a certified lifeguard, so I would I life I was a lifeguard um, at a private club uh, out in the Pacific Palisades called the Bel Air Bay Club. Okay. Um, and I was a lifeguard and a security guard there. Uh, I mean, I was, I, I, I've always been the type to keep busy, 
Wednesday and Friday, and I was working Tuesday and Thursday, uh, and on the weekends. So it was a pretty stacked schedule, but I enjoyed it. Wow. Um, for a lot of time, a lot of time in your years, you've been called a design artist, creature designer, director, and a sculptor. How would you describe what you exactly do? I'm an artist. An artist. That's what I do. Um, I and I think that encompasses everything. Um, and I don't think there should be a box that you get put into as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do all those things. I I'm a designer. Uh, I'm a sculptor. I'm a painter. Mm-hmm. I've directed commercials, music videos, short films, feature films. Um, sculpted toys, sculpted stuff for movies, designed stuff for movies, worked on comic books, worked on theme parks, video games. Um, so I think it all it all falls under the the, uh, the umbrella of just being an artist. Um, I I don't you know I don't I, I mean I, I've called myself all of those things yeah. you know a filmmaker, a sculptor, designer, a sex artist you know whatever moniker you want to put to it. But particularly lately, I've just been referring to myself as an artist. As an artist, oh, okay. Because, you know, and, you know, um, obviously, you know, you love what you do. Um, what sort of childhood does someone who can create such unusual and often frightening characters have had? Like, what kind of childhood you had? Good question. Um, my childhood was, was pretty phenomenal. Um, I, I had two great parents. I was very fortunate um, to be raised by two uh, outstanding people uh, who gave me everything. Um, I wasn't spoiled. Uh, they taught me the value of the dollar and taught me what the value of work was. Um, I'd say on one hand, I, I had a pretty normal childhood, uh, like most kids my age had in the 70s. You know, we, we played Little League. I, I, we lived in a duplex. Uh, we lived upstairs and downstairs. My, my dad's mother uh, and his wife, my aunt and uncle, uh, they lived downstairs. They had two boys. I have a brother, so... We, we lived upstairs from our cousins, my brother and I, so it was it was almost like having two sets of parents and, you know, three brothers instead of one. And we were all athletes. We all we all played sports. We all played baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you name it, we played it. Uh, and we were all good. We were all, you know, my cousin Sandy was a, 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 a phenomenal, you know, Golden Glove infielder, baseball player, all-stars every year, went to played baseball in college. Uh, my cousin Anthony, who was his brother, um, ran track, played played basketball, played baseball. Uh, I played basketball, played football, played lacrosse. My, bro- uh, my brother played hockey. We all played baseball. And uh, so in that respect, it was, it was normal. But the other side of it was that I was, um, I was a bit of a geek. You know, I was into comic books and science fiction, and that's kind of what got me started, Heavy Metal Magazine, and the Star Wars films, Famous Monsters, Creepy, Eerie, that kind of stuff, so I, I, I think it was, I was fortunate I had a little bit of a mixture of both, yeah. which I think in turn has made me a unique adult, because I think, especially in this day and age, you, you know, most people, I mean, I'm not trying to you know, obviously I'm generalizing. I, I, I hate putting labels on people or putting people in a box, but I think, you know, most people tend to either be a jock, you, you know, you tend to either be athletic or you tend to be more of like, you know, the nerdy type that 
superheroes and the comic books and Star Wars and the movies and that. And I was both. Um, and I was good at both. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was always drawing and painting and, you know, doing my artwork and, uh, you know, painting the backs of my friends' uh, denim jackets at school and doing sketches for people at school and selling them for $2 or $2.50 or whatever it was. And, you know, but I also played sports. I was also, you know, like I said, played them all, you know, baseball, football, hockey, lacrosse. And, you know, I didn't play lacrosse till later, you know, until like college. I, I got on a club lacrosse team, but, um, you know, baseball and football were the, you know, were the two main staples, you know, that, that the four of us, you know, we all played, which was, which was a lot of fun. I had a great childhood. Oh, interesting. Um, you've mentioned that you know you get a lot of inspiration from your characters from the water, the sea, the ocean. What is what 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 is it about the water and the thing that ins inspires you about the water and the ocean? Well, one of the other things I did a lot growing up was to go fishing mm -hmm. uh, with my with my dad and my grandfather. They were both uh, fishermen. As a matter of fact, my grandfather uh, was a commercial fisherman uh, in Sicily, where where he was born and raised. Uh, and then he became a commercial fisherman uh, in uh, in New York when when he came over through Ellis Island, you know, like so many immigrants did. And him and his brother opened up; uh, they they had a fish market. Mm -hmm. um, so I was exposed to all of that stuff very young: uh, the ocean, the fishing, the diving. Um, and that's something that, like my art and and my love of film and monsters and and So eventually, you know, eventually you was in Stan Winston Studios, eventually working on the movie Leviathan. What got you to that point? And they hired me, and, 
creative, you know, my, for my first tenure there uh, on Leviathan and Alienation, it was mostly, you know, patching foam skins and um, making teeth and claws and, and things like that, uh, learning how to pour resin, learning how to run foam, make molds, run polyfoam, things like that, just stuff that wasn't very creative, but stuff that I was very eager to learn to build up my... I actually didn't, I didn't really get to draw a sculpt for Stan until much later on in, in uh, I believe it was 89 or 90, uh, when I got hired back for uh, Predator 2, so, um, but on those original shows that I worked on, I didn't do much of anything creative at all, but I mean, so to speak, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, how was your experience on Predator 2? Any designs that we've seen in the movie, or uh, elements of it, oh. elements of Ele the design, okay. not, not anything specific, okay. uh, you know, or, or, or in, 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 in totality. Uh, there were elements of, of, of things. Um, uh, the the most famous thing that I designed for Predator Two was was actually never even used in the movie, which was the big red Predator with, with the red samurai armor, which I later. so fascinating and speaking of Batman since you brought it up um, your indie short Batman Dead End was an internet sensation do you anticipate it would be that popular like the way it is now people watching it over and over and over again oh no man no <laughs> that was uh, we shot that as basically a demo reel you know for myself I, I was um, I was directing commercials at the time and it, I was trying to get my first feature film off the ground which is very difficult and I needed something with a little bit more panache and splash, you know, for my reel. So I went and shot that over a long weekend with uh, with a bunch of my friends. And um, the fact that it turned into what it eventually became was uh, was a gift. It was a very special gift, and um, you know, it's, it's led to the you know the documentary this past year and the, the toys uh, on my neck and. Yeah, um, all right, especially Batman Dead End, um, it helped open the doors for you, and, um, the production, the, the production seemed like it was like a, um, low, it was, it was like a low indie, indie film, like, how do you manage to pull it off so early on in your career, like, with the production aspect and everything, like, how did, how did it all came to fruition? That's another good question, um, a lot of different things kind of fell into place on that show, um, I, I, I always call Batman Dead End, uh, 
talented people from, you know, the time I spent working in effects uh, on all those films. I was fortunate enough to have um, some of my very talented friends uh, contribute their talents and, and their time. And, and uh, it, uh, I guess, you know, to answer the question in a nutshell, it, it, it would just be like contacts, just knowing a lot of people. Who, who could bring different elements to the table that 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 helped that show become what it what it did. Mm-hmm. So it was very much a team effort. It was very much uh, the 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 talents and, and, and efforts and, and passion and hard work of a lot of people, uh, not just myself. So uh, I was the guy driving the ship, obviously, and, and running the show. But uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, like I have been on so many of my other projects, to have great people behind me, which I think has been, you know, a, a big key to my success. So that was that was no different. Okay. Um. You also worked on Men in Black. Um. It sounds like a like a, a designer's artist's dream job. How much creative freedom did you get on the project like that, or does it vary from from production to production? Does it vary? It does. Um, on on Men in Black, uh, at first, you know, Rick gave us all kind of free reign, just mm-hmm. basically gave us the script and kind of broke down what the characters were, you know, the cockroach at the end, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the guy with the long snout and, uh, yeah. you know, running through the cactus fields in the beginning, and, um, uh, you know, the baby, the, the, the octopus tentacle baby, and, and, and everybody... Um, from what I recall, the concepts, concept drawings for all of the creatures. And then Rick and Steven and, and, and Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, you know, went through all the drawings and I guess picked their favorites. And then certain characters were assigned to certain artists. Um, and I got the cockroach was the one that I worked on the most. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in the end, they all, most of them kind of wound up being either you know, Frankenstein-type creatures, you know, where, where they took elements that they liked from one or the other. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Carlos Wante uh, did most of the, the drawing, you know, and I, I, I would say did most of the heavy lifting design-wise on that show. But I was, again, I, I was fortunate to be included in, 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 in that group with him and Steve Wang and Jordan Shell, Miles Tevez and Moto Hada and Eddie Yang and all these just phenomenal designers. It was it was a real privilege and an honor to be included in that uh, group of designers that, that that got to work on Men in Black. It was a lot of fun. Oh, interesting. Also, um, definitely, I want to take it back a little bit. Um, Jurassic Park was another feather in your cap. How, first of all, how did you come up with the iconic logo of the Jurassic Park, and how did you get the gig designing the Jurassic Park logo? Well, first of all. Um, I, I didn't design it myself. Um, you know, there was pre-existing artwork from the Michael Crichton book cover. Okay. And I was, I was, uh, you know, which is the T-Rex uh, skeleton. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I was, I was, in, I was part of a group of people that did uh, the work for that. Um, and it was at a company that is now defunct called Wall and Green Design. A gentleman by the name of Peter Green hired me to do some poster concepts for that, and um, I, I guess Stephen, you know, liked uh, what I did a lot, and, and called me in and said, hey, look, you know, take this circle element you got here, 
lot of the elements that I contributed, you know, made it to the end, to the final logo. So, you know, I, I feel comfortable to say, you know, I had a lot to do with it, but I, yeah. you know, I wasn't the, you know, the, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, you know, the, yeah. the quote unquote guy who designed the logo. But it was cool that that's where I first met Steven Spielberg and, and, and got to work with him directly. And, and um, it's a lot of fun. Again, it's just a super fun project to work on. Great, great group of guys uh, over at Wall and Green. It was, it was a great project to work on. All right, definitely. Now, definitely want to talk about you with your book, The Art of Creature and Character Design. It talks about how you create your designs. Um, could you describe for the listeners, if people don't know about it, which I think they're living under a rock if they don't know about it, but uh, <laughs> describe what goes into the process of creating and designing your creatures. Um, well, I mean, everything starts with an idea. You know, you get this idea in your head of uh, what this particular beast or alien or whatever it is that you're working on is, and then um, I start. I start with a sketch. Mm -hmm. I do a sketch first. Okay. From there, we go to what we call a maquette, which is a, a you know anywhere from a 12 to 15, 16 inch high. In some cases, they're bigger. Mm -hmm. um, a representation of the creature that's done in clay. That, that that's done three dimensionally. Um, and then from there, uh, it's up to production, uh, you know, whether it, it, you know, whatever kind of uh, treatments that they, that they want to give that particular creature, whether it's going to be a CG uh, creature, or it's going to be a man in a suit, or it's going to be a puppet, or it's going to be a makeup, or it's going to be a mechanical creature, or, you know, a combination of different things, and, um... So from there we go to sculpting the full size uh, creature suit or uh, uh, you know puppet or whatever what, what have you. So that's that's the basic um, succession of, 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 of how that goes. I, you know some artists work different. I mean you know some guys skip the, the sketch phase, you know the, the the drawing phase completely and just go right into sketching in clay and. And I've, I've done that as well, but but I've I've, I've always been a um, a draftsman. You know, I, I love to draw. So it, it, drawing is, is 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 where I start the process. You know, as a matter of fact, when I uh, when I write scripts and I and I, I develop my own projects and my own intellectual properties, it all it all starts with a drawing. It, it, it doesn't start with a story. I create the characters and the creatures first, and then write the story around it. Okay. So it's kind of almost a backwards way to work. A backwards process. Yeah. yeah, so that's the way I do it. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm just an incredibly visual person, so everything um, stems, from, stems from the visual aspect of, of things. That's how I approach storytelling and everything is, is, is visually. And then um, you definitely had a successful Kickstarter campaign from that. You know, um, um, Zach Braff raised funds for one of his projects through Kickstarter, and he got trashed for it by the feds, many believing that places like Kickstarter should be left for real independent filmmakers and not already working within the, within the industry. Have you received negative, fi um, negative feedback for using Kickstarter, or you got nothing but praise all around? No, I, this time I guess I've been lucky. Uh, there, there hasn't really been any negative feedback. I mean, good, good. I, if, I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. you know, I think um, I, I may have gotten a few messages or a few emails saying that the book 
foreign um, fans who, who wanted the book. Um, unfortunately, shipping overseas from the United States is very expensive. And that was just a cost that, that I was not willing to absorb. I, if somebody overseas wants the book, they have to pay the, the shipping charges, and that's just the way it is. And unfortunately, there were some people who, I, I guess, just couldn't afford the book. But um, to, to speak more specifically about the, the Zach Braff thing, and I know Spike Lee has, has raised funds yeah. on Kickstarter as well for projects. I think there's a big difference between those people and myself. I mean, I, granted, I am a, I am a, what you would call a professional, a working Hollywood professional mm-hmm. that has worked on shows like that. But I, you know, I've never directed a big budget studio movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of the films that I've directed have been very, very low budget independent things. And that's where I think Kickstarter, I, I mean, it was made for people like me. You know, independent artists that have a unique vision that don't want to deal with movie studios, that don't want to deal with book publishers, uh, musicians that don't want to deal with record companies, you know, that can go on Kickstarter and raise the funds to do their own thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Kickstarter is, is an absolutely wonderful uh, creation. Um, I'm, I'm going to do more. Uh, I've already committed to do uh, volume two of the book and I'm, I'm seriously giving some thought right now to uh, trying to kickstart my next feature my next low budget horror feature oh wow so yeah so um, yeah I don't I don't think that there's uh, I, I don't think you, you can really put me in, you know in, in the category of a, of a Zach Graff or, or a Spike Lee I mean I'm certainly not as well known as, as those guys uh, um, and, and I don't you know I don't travel in the same circle as those those people you know they've, they've both made studio films and have been involved in you know much larger studio projects I mean as have I you know as an artist not like running the show like in other words like I said to you before I've, I've never written uh, uh, or directed a, a, you know a studio film or anything that's had a um, you know a crazy big budget I mean I consider myself a because I have been working in the industry for such a long time, but I don't, I don't think there should be any labels put on people that are trying to raise money on Kickstarter, whether they're professional or not. I mean, and I, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I don't, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to sound um, uh, egotistical for myself, whatever nomenclature you choose to put to it. Yeah. But I, I, I think the result of the Kickstarter speaks I mean, the past two Kickstarter, uh, the past two projects that I've Kickstarted have been successful and have been funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, this one has gone way over what I thought it was it was going to do. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm very, very uh, fortunate and uh, actually quite taken with the whole thing. It's still over. I mean, it just it just ended this morning, so it's all still very fresh and very new. So. Okay, it's, actually, it's a good time to do this interview because it's, it's just everything's very fresh and it's still, everybody's got uh, smiles on their faces here <laughs> in the studio. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely happy for you, man. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Too. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate no, problem. no problem. I got just two more questions for you, and that's it. Um, your first, okay. um, your first feature film, Hunter Prey. Um, how was the experience, and was it more satisfying working on Hunter Prey as it was on Batman Dead End, or was it like a, you know, which? Because I know Batman Dead End was really the first, but Hunter's Prey was your baby. Like, can you tell me about the whole process on that? Batman Dead End and Hunter Prey were two very, very different projects on every level that you could imagine. Mm -hmm. um, the only similarity between the two of them was the budget. You know, they were both very low-budget projects with a skeleton crew of very talented people that wore many, many hats. Um, that was really the only similarity between them. Um, Hunter Prey was a hard movie to make. It was a hard shoot. We were in Mexico for three weeks, almost a month. Um, the temperature got up as high as 116 degrees. Uh, we had guys in armor, makeup, specialty costumes the whole time, so it was very grueling. Um, I'd have to say that Hunter Prey was definitely not as much fun as Dead End was. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, if, if I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, it, it was, it wasn't really that much fun. There, there were, there were fun days and fun moments for sure, and, uh, I'm certainly proud of the film. I, I'm, I'm as proud of Hunter Prey as I am Dead End. I'm, pro I'm probably more so, because that, that film just in and of itself, the fact that it exists is a bona fide miracle. I mean, we had people wanting to quit and leave the production, you know, every day of, of production. I mean, it was, it was, it was a grind, man. It was, it was a really, really hard film to make. The, the elements were very challenging. The, the heat, the, the, just the, the, the locations, you know, the logistics of everything, getting food and water and supplies, you know, in as off the far, uh, as far off the beaten path as we were, uh, was very difficult, to say the least. And it was a hard shoot. It, it, it burnt a lot of people out. Um, unfortunately, there were some burnt bridges and, you know, things I prefer not to talk about. But it, it, it uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. I mean, I think for, for the, the, the money we had and the time we had, I think it's certainly, uh, a, a good first feature. Uh, I, I've seen worse, you know, from, you know, working, you know, the directors out there that are now doing studio films. I, I think their, their first features were, uh, if I, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I, I don't think, you know, a, a lot of that work was on par with what we did on a play, but, um, it is what it is, you know, uh, you know, every project is different. Um, I learned a lot. I, I, I uh, it was my first feature. I, I learned a lot. There, there, was, a, there was a big learning curve. Um, uh, I would approach uh, quite a bit of it differently now, you know, in hindsight, four, four years later, five years later. But, um, you know, uh, not ashamed of it at all. You know, very, very proud of the film. Uh, I, 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 I wish that... Uh, I wish we had a lot more fun. Uh, again, I don't, I don't want a 
Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I thought, uh, you know, since I thought it was your first film, I thought it was, I, I had it pictured in my mind how it actually was, but I guess not. Wow. Unfortunately, no. Uh, and, and, you know, and again, it, it wasn't like every moment of every day was miserable. There, the, you know, there were fun moments and fun days and, you know, times where there, there, there was some more levity and, and uh, but, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of tension on that shoot. There was a lot of tension on that set. Uh, a lot of people weren't getting along. Uh, people were having trouble with the adjusting to the environment, the heat. The, you know, there were a few members of the crew that uh, got heat stroke. There was some. There were some other uh, injury-related things. People were just having problems with with the heat and, and you know not being hydrated and, and things like that. It was just it wasn't helping us. Uh, certainly, it was it was more of a hindrance. But you know, we got through it and. I had my, my army, my soldiers, my warriors with me there that uh, helped me get through it. Clark Bartram and Damien Poitier and uh, Ed Guntag and uh, Felipe Perez and uh, our first AD, Mark Mathis. I mean, my costume guy, Mike McFarlane, has been with me since Dead End. I mean, you know, the whole Dead End crew, you know, they just did a spectacular job and really, really helped me out down there. And, uh, you know, my co-writer, Nick Damon, uh, uh, him and myself, question for you probably which I think is the hardest question I have for you but you already you elaborated a little bit on it what's next for Sandy <laughs> well I, uh, I got to put the book together okay. uh, which you know most of it's already written but uh, one of my studio mates here uh, a very very talented graphic artist and designer and illustrator in his own right Michael Kelsch uh, dear friend of mine for you know almost 20 years uh, is is going to be laying out the book with me and designing the book. Uh, so we've got a month to do that, and then it goes to print. Uh, I'm also uh, in the works of, uh, in the process of putting together um, a trailer, a uh, teaser trailer type of thing for my next feature, which is Shallow Water. It's a horror film okay. um, based on the, the Mexican legend of La Llorona, which is uh, a water spirit. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah, it's like a sea monster type of movie. Um, probably I would say it has elements of, of Jaws in it. It has elements of Feature from the Black Lagoon, the Loch Ness Monster. That, you know, it's got all the, the, best, the best elements for those things in it. You know, it's a, it's a very practical, effects-driven movie. It's a guy in a monster suit, you know, a la Predator or, or Alien. And, uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna shoot a trailer for that, and uh, with that trailer, I think we're gonna we're gonna go on Kickstarter and try and kickstart that. See if we can see if we can raise a couple hundred thousand dollars to go shoot that movie. Wow! If it's, if so, it's any, if it's, if it's anything like the book, I'm sure it's gonna get there. It's gonna skyrocket right away. Well, uh, from your mouth to God's ears, my friend, <laughs> uh, I sincerely hope that that is the case. Um, 
count on it and, and, and rest on your laurels or, or, or expect, you know, lightning to strike twice. Um, but I have been fortunate. The, you know, the, the, the Batman Dead End documentary one, um, it, it didn't go as high as I would have liked it to have gone, but, you know, we, you know, we made the goal and obviously made the movie. Uh, and, uh, you know, the book will be no different. Um, and then uh, we'll see what lies uh, ahead in the future for Shallow Water. I, I, I have good good feelings and good vibes about it. I think it's going to be a fantastic project. Oh, I can't wait to hear from... Well, I can't wait to see from and hear what's going on with that. So that's, that'll be definitely well, interesting. I'll certainly keep you posted, you know, and keep an eye out on Facebook and on my page. And I'll, I'll of course, I'll let everybody know when the Kickstarter is going gonna, is gonna to go live for that. And like you said, hopefully uh, people will be as supportive of that project as they have been my other Kickstarters. And, you know, we'll be able to go make the movie. Yeah, definitely will. Um, any movies you're looking forward to in 2015? Besides, well, I'm looking forward to Star Wars, but, you know, any anything you're looking forward to? Oh, well, of course I'm looking forward to Star Wars. All right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it goes without saying. Uh, I'm curious about uh, uh, the Batman Superman movie. Um, I, uh, I, I'm curious to see Ben Affleck's performance. Uh, no, I'm sure that'll be interesting. Um... I, I mean, I, I basically see everything. You know, I mean, I, 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 I love to go to the movies, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the movies, and I, I love the cinematic experience, and I, you know, I pretty much go see everything. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Star Wars. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Batman, Superman. Um, what else genre related is out there? That's, oh, uh, I the, guess uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are you a fan? Yeah, of that? They, they got that coming. Uh, we got uh, Prometheus two. We got Blade Runner two. Yeah. You know, so who knows? I mean, it it, it could be a phenomenal year. Uh, but Star Wars is definitely up right up right up there at the top. I mean, uh, you know, I think I think that movie is just set up to succeed. Uh, you know, the prequels were so awful yeah. that I just really don't think that this could be worse. I just I don't see how they could be. Um, and plus, you know, you're bringing back the original players. You know, we're going to see Luke and Han and Leia on screen for the first time in 20 plus years. And I'm sure that's going to be very special, you know, regardless of how good or bad the film is. Yeah. Um, you know, but J.J.'s talented. I think he's good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan uh, of his work. I, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a, a devout follower. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely talented, and, and he's, he's certainly... Uh, more than capable of, of pulling it off. I, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, the, the teaser looked great. I was a big fan of the teaser. I thought that looked cool. Um, I was I was hoping to see a little bit of Han Luke and Leia in it, but yeah. uh, you, you can't have everything. Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll do he'll do just fine. Um, I would have liked to have seen it go to a Ridley Scott or James Cameron or Steven Spielberg or or, or that caliber of director, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure J.J. will be fine. Yeah, um, are you a little yeah. bit, are, are you, um, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but are you upset that, um, there are certain things that are canon now and certain things that are not canon, like the Old Republic, so far, so far as, as we know right now is not canon, but like the, you know, Star Wars, um, the, the Rebels and the book and New Dawn and Tarkin is all canon, like, how do you feel about that? You know, I, yeah, I, I think it's a little 
overall, all, all of it is a little overwhelming, you know, this yeah. whole care, what's cared and what's not and all this. I think if you're telling a good story with good characters um, and the movie looks good and it's designed well, I, I, I think it'll be a home run. Um, I mean, is it is it is it going to be able to capture lightning in a bottle like the first trilogy, uh, particularly Star Wars and Empire? I seriously doubt it, but I, I, I think just because of that franchise's past, um, I, I just can't see it not being hugely uh, financially successful, at least the first week, you know, opening weekend, or certainly or that kind. I mean, I know I'm going with my friends all dressed up. You still dress oh, up? You still do oh, that? Oh, did he? I'll be rocking the Boba Fett costume. You better put that on Facebook. I have to see that. <laughs> of course, of course not. Uh, you know, I got a Batman suit. Yeah, a, I hate that word cosplay, but you know, I like you know, I've, I've been to my share of conventions uh, in 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 disguise, uh, so to speak. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I'm not as fanatical about it as some. Uh, I think. Like everything in life, you can, you know, there's there's overdoing things, <laughs> but uh, uh, I enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy the, the, the costuming uh, aspect of it, you know, maybe building your costumes and, you know, going to conventions and, you know, movie premieres dressed up and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. All right, Sandy, um, plug anything you want out there, and, and you're in the social media outlet, so um, give a plug to your stuff. Uh, just get me on Facebook, uh, Sandy Galora, um, and then the two pages, uh, the two fan pages I have are, um, the Behind the Mask page, which is the, the, the Batman Dead End documentary, which was directed by Eric Dow and produced by myself as a page for that, mm-hmm. and then there's also a page for, uh, the, the Art of Creature and Character Design, which was the, the book that we just kick-started, there's going to be a second volume to that, so stay tuned there, and uh, as far as I know, uh, I'll be at Monster Palooza this March in, in Burbank with the book, uh, and they'll also be showing the film, they'll be showing Behind the Mask, oh, yeah. uh, the, the documentary, they'll be showing that on Friday night, so um, just to everybody that's getting in early on Friday, I uh, believe they're having a screening Friday night with a Q&A after the myself and the director and we'll see if we can get Clark to show up and uh, be a fun time. Clark in the Batman oh, costume? Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be rocking the stew, uh, but he'll, 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 he'll show up and uh, uh, he'll, be, he'll be more than happy to answer questions and sign autographs and all the, you know, the usual, the usual suspects will be there. <laughs> uh, any, any, um, I don't know, if you have you done any New York appearances, any New York Comic Cons or you've never... No, not yet, but I'd like to. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I think the book is going to be a tremendously successful thing, and uh, I have some friends that uh, run the um, convention circuits pretty regularly that are pretty well-connected and um, that are fans of the book and the movie and so forth. So, you know, we'll see. If we can, you know, if I make it out that way soon, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we do that. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear from them. I'd, I'd be up for doing it in RB. Yeah, because New York, to me, New York is always like the bastard stepchild of the whole convention thing. Everything is LA. 
LA, LA, we get, we, we get, we get the scraps in New York Comic Con. Like everything is in order. Uh, no, it's no, true. All the, all the trailers over there. Then we just get like the TV stuff. We don't really get, you know, the big, the big news is in the San Diego Comic Con. That's where the big news is at. New York, we only get little stuff. You know? Yeah, but you know what? I've, I've grown. I, I've outgrown San Diego, man. It's or it, it, uh, I think more appropriately, it's outgrown me. Yeah. Um, it is so goddamn huge. Uh, it's 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 not fun anymore. It's just too big. It's just it's too much. It's just too much. Um, I haven't been in years. Uh, I. It's not fun anymore, you know. And when it, when it becomes not fun, it's just not worth going. So. Uh, you know, the New York one might be a better deal for me next year. We'll see. But anyway, dude, I got to fly. I got to get back to work. I, I, I appreciate your time and this interview. Um, if there's anything else I could do for you, let me know. Definitely send it. And, and uh, you know, send me a link when you got it up. I definitely will. And um, take care of yourself, and God bless, man. All right. You too, man. Uh, best to you for uh, 2015. All right. Same to you, man. Thank you. All right. All right, brother. Goodbye. Bye-bye.